Welcome to The Kid Is In School, where we talk about whatever we want since our kid is not here to interrupt us. But we don't have a lot of time before the bell rings, so let's get right into it. Welcome back to season two, Luke. It's It's been a while. I didn't know if this day was going to come, but here it is. <laughs> we, we're back. It's we're here. better than ever and have some great content because that's what we are now. Content creators. Content creators. I don't even get that joke. Nope, I don't think it works. <laughs> so the kid is in school, thank goodness, and you and I have a chance to finally talk about something she doesn't understand at all, which is Oscar nominees. I know. Well, it's obviously it's been in the news. It's it's every year around this time. The Oscar nominations come out. The award season is here, which is just a bunch of people self-congratulating themselves on what a wonderful job they did. And right. Really, really, it's a popularity contest. It's That's true. Cool. You can't deny that. And I actually love this time of year, but I don't know who's nominated. The, the reason I love it is not because I see the movies. It's because I like to sit down and watch TV that everybody else in the nation is watching, everybody else, a lot of people, and eat junk food and look at cool outfits. That's all that's in it for me. How about you? What do you have about? Well, when I was younger, for sure, I cared about the films mm -hmm. because I viewed myself a bit of a cinephile. Mm -hmm. And I thought, <laughs> okay, I... That explains your glasses. That is. that is. I feel like I'm a director from the 1970s in these glasses. <laughs> and so... Uh, which, by the way, all of those guys have been canceled. So don't be a director from the 1970s. No. There's like Scorsese is like the one guy maybe left that we're still allowing. They to. say don't meet your heroes. I say don't talk about your heroes. You don't talk about don't be them. Mm -mm. Don't look at them. Don't enjoy them. Mm -mm. Like don't have heroes, I think, is really what it should be. Right. And so, you know. I, I went through the AFI came out with the hundred greatest movies ever list. You know, I went through that. Meaning uh, you went to a D blockbuster and rented the DVDs so that you could inform yourself of what the greatest movies were. Yes. Either that or bought them. I, I've, at one point I was a collector of DVDs and I had a very large collection and then uh, sold all that off right before the bottom fell out Oof, of that collection. That's a relief. And so I did that and tried to keep up on everything. Now I really do enjoy movies still. Like watching them, we watched, uh, this is not current, but we watched The Wolf of Wall Street last night. Mm -hmm. uh, but something definitely has changed in the way that I appreciate movies because as I've gotten older, I look at movies and I try to, you know, I can appreciate them for art, but also if they don't speak to me, I don't necessarily need to pretend that it's a great movie or a movie that is something that should be heralded for all time. You're famous in this household, at least, for saying, I don't want to hear what a critic has said about this movie. Now, I want to know what a critic has said before I even take the time to watch it. But you say, I'm, my own. I'm the critic. I will decide if it's good or not. Yes, because, I mean, critics are in many ways completely unnecessary to the society, I think. Uh, that a lot of times, you know, it's not always, sometimes there are good critics, but critics a lot of times are people that don't do the thing that they are criticizing. On. And I think because I'm in entertainment, because I'm in comedy, uh, the idea that everybody should have a voice about what you create. It's like, yes, as an audience member, anybody can have an opinion yeah. about what the artist is doing. That is completely fine. But to act like, there is some opinions that are held up on high as more important than others. It's like if you meet these people, you go, oh, they're just people. They're just people with opinions, but they take the time to watch things before people like me do. And they'll give you a little bit more insight than just the plot. So you, I don't know what you would replace critics with. Just the actors themselves talking about what the movie's about. 
doing panel on late night, that's enough for you? I think something like Metacritic is a little bit more uh, of a type of resource that I would want to use, which just being, uh, if people don't know what Metacritic is. It's, no, is it Wikipedia for people? Like it crowdsources p- opinions? It, yes, it crowdsources opinions. Essentially, they have like the critic section. They have like the, the audience section. Rotten Tomatoes is another one of these where it's like, the, this is what the critics say and this is what all the people that have watched it say. You know what they should do with Metacritic or Rotten Tomatoes and maybe they do is do it by country. So you find out what does France think about this versus what does Nigeria think and that way you can inform yourself based on your own yeah, opinions of that country. Whatever France likes I can guarantee I won't like and whatever they hate is probably the best movie I will ever have seen. Something like that. Yeah. If Australia is into it maybe it's a little too playful for me. Maybe okay. it's got it's, it's too rugged. Too rugged. Yeah. Is that what Australia is known for? Rugged? In my mind. I mean, I know there's like uh, the Road Warrior and Mel Gibson and everything, but like... It's just so hot there all the time. People just walk around shirtless. Well, I've I've been there. I didn't uh, see a lot of shirtless people. Oh. Well, uh, see, I've never been. Yeah. <laughs> Well, anyway, at, at least you know Australia from Crocodile Dundee. Or we could just do Metacritic for people in Greece and call it Fetacritic. I've oh. got ideas, babe. <laughs> I um I was disappointed with Wolf of Wall Street. Not once did he say, ow. He didn't? No, he didn't did, howl he once. Didn't howl? And there was a lot of opportunities to howl. There was a lot of um, adult interaction. There was a lot of nudity. Things I, that make people howl. Yeah, well, even just him... him Screaming. There was a lot of yelling and screaming just in the workplace, just (laughs) regardless of any of the debauchery that was going on. Um, Yeah, just a, what would that even be? A a visceral or animalistic yell Mm -hmm. towards the moon would have definitely fit in the way this was filmed. (laughs) Oh, well, I can't tell Martin Scorsese how to do his job. I shouldn't. Well, let's see what Metacritic has to say. I was going to say, unless... Yeah. Rotten Tomatoes might have a, a little something to say about that. <laughs> right. By the way, with the internet and with social media, everybody thinks they can tell Martin Scorsese what to do with his job. Well, his job. I'm no exception because the man makes a movie too long. That's the first problem. He does make a long movie. And this, yeah. and some scenes stay with you. And those are the ones you wish he would have kept. And then the ones that don't <laughs> stay with you, you said, you know, that could have been edited out. Yeah, I kind of, you know, we were talking about this a little bit after, immediately after watching Wolf of Wall Street. Um, it's it's three hours at least. And I thought, man, there's a lot of scenes that seem repetitive. Right. So the party scenes, for example, it's like, how many times do we need to see a group of extras yelling and going, yeah, this is so much fun. Right. We're having a great time here. It's like, look, I get it. You're yeah. having a great time. It was, you know, the early 90s and everything was, you're breaking the rules <laughs> and all the laws and, you know. Message received. Yeah, Partying was fun. Yeah. So I don't need all of those. I bet you could cut out a half hour of party scenes mm-hmm. and cut that movie down to at least two and a half hours. Or whatever. And just put most of SAG actors out of work. Yeah. <laughs> Well, the meat and potatoes was the extras in that film. Well, for sure, you know, and and interview that you guys are going to be hearing soon with uh, a com- fellow comedian and friend Barry Rothbart, who is in this film. Yeah, and he's in it a lot, but he doesn't <laughs> speak a lot. And I'm I I can't remember if Barry said anything about this, but he must have had lines that were cut out. He so, should have if he didn't. Yeah, yeah but I'm sure he did. He's the most seen background player in this because he's not background and the reason you know it is every time he was on screen i said his name i was like there's barry hey barry (laughs) (laughs) 
But it's because I only thought I'd see him four times. Yeah. But well, I ended up saying about 20 times. It, Barry and also Ethan Suple, or Suple, I think is how you say his last name. Uh, he, he was the overweight guy in... Um, uh, remember the Titans. He was a bully in Boy Meets World. He was, we don't have to define people by their body type. Well, he wasn't a bully in Remember the Titans, though. He was just a but football he, player. Yes, in but remember the not, Titans. He is not overweight anymore. He has he's lost a lot of weight, and so he's in this movie a lot too. And it's clear by just the camera angles on him and Barry that these guys have bigger roles than what come out in the film. I just thought it was because I recognized them out of everybody else that maybe that's what made them seem like, when are they going to talk? I don't but know. Maybe, but you're like you're saying, the camera did go towards them a few times. Yeah, because they both had lines. And it's something where I think that, unless I'm misrem- misremembering things mm-hmm. here, is that when they were doing the scene where they were talking to the FBI and going through each interview, I think Barry and Ethan both had scenes there. Mm. And spoke, where it's like you know I can't recall you know I don't remember anything. Where do you what makes you think that you think you remember hearing that because I didn't see them in those scenes. Well, that's what you mean. You mean you you saw them in those scenes? Yeah. What would okay. you think I would mean by saying I thought I saw them in the scenes? Because they never talked in this film. Not no, none they, of them. that is not true. They both did. they had dialogue. Yes. Okay. Well, both. then I must have missed that. Maybe had the film been a little shorter, could have kept my attention a little bit better. Maybe if you weren't playing, uh, you know, I want to tee you up, Jewel or whatever it is, Royal Jewels. I'm going to tee you up for a question after you finish your point about what you're trying to make about editing room floor. I'll just move on to my question. Okay. Do you wish that in the Oscar categories there were roles, there were opportunities for people like that, like person who could have had their big break this year but didn't because their <laughs> scene got cut so that, that's what you think that i would think that there should be extra categories added to because i felt this way about the young man who was in the good place who then appeared on top gun and never had a speaking line and i thought i was waiting oh, all the yeah. whole movie for him to talk that and- is another guy who clearly was meant to have a bigger role in this film and somehow got edited out yeah and he's in it but he doesn't, I don't know if he speaks, if it is, it's like one or two lines, very similar to both Barry and Ethan, where it's like, you clearly had bigger roles. Right. You're such a recognizable face at this point. I can't imagine that they would cast you and then not want you to speak. Well, also not even just the way that it was cast. It's the way that they are positioned in the film where <laughs> like everybody else in this inner circle gets lines. Yeah. And then you're and there. And it cuts to you. And it cuts to you. But then you don't have a line. And then. speak. You know, and yeah, gun, like you're playing it, poker and you're nodding and everybody else yeah. has a line, but somehow you didn't speak the whole game. Yeah, you're just the guy that's extra there. And uh-huh. they, these, they're clearly not cast as extras. These mm-hmm. are clearly uh, principal roles that were somehow added. And, and something like Wolf of Wall Street, three hours, and only thing you cut was Barry and Ethan's lines. I mean, what's going on here? Well, like, it's hard to say. Who knows? There's definitely more there. And I... You know, had we seen The Wolf of Wall Street before we talked to Barry, I would definitely ask about that. Like, <laughs> how many lines from you and Ethan were just cut out of this? Did you guys have a scene together? Did you party together? And people you know? must not like to talk about that because he didn't bring it up. But I would talk about it. Oh, I would say, oh, I'm going to give myself an Oscar for this role I had. Yeah, I think comedians are more likely to talk about what was cut. Yes. And say, oh, I was all in this thing. Couldn't wait to see it with my friends. Couldn't wait then to see it. Then we saw it in the theater and I was nowhere yeah. to be seen. It will, and then Cat uh, Williams just goes on a podcast and talks about how you're just a liar about all the things, <laughs> all, all your scenes that were cut out. 
you weren't in it. Now, that Cat Williams interview was epic, as I think everybody can agree, but that was my first time really seeing him talk. I've seen uh, clips of his specials, but my introduction to him as a comedian was through Club Shay Shay's episode with him. The, which is amazing, considering he came started his career 20 years ago. Oh, I've known about public, him. <laughs> public, you know, like in, even before that. like. Well, I was too young to pretty much consume his content, I bet, as a kid. If he was on HBO and things, I, I wasn't going well, to be able to see that. Well, for sure, but like even... Uh, even Club Shay Shay, he talks about a joke that was taken by Cedric the Entertainer mm -hmm. from a special or from an appearance on, I think, Comic View mm -hmm. on BET. And that was 98. Mm -hmm. So it's not like you were a little, little kid. No, I'm just saying if he was a blue comic, which I think he must be, right? Yeah. I or mean, not. He, he's not clean. Okay, because yeah. I hadn't seen Kings of Comedy yet. I hadn't seen Martin Lawrence yet. I mean, if I did know about these guys, Eddie Murphy, I was, I was seeing it at a party people watching it at a party that was teenagers or, mm -hmm. or young people. And so I would excuse myself because <laughs> of my delicate sensibilities. I'm sorry, guys. I, this, this is, is this bad. Is too much. This okay. has potty words. Yeah. So, so anyway, long story short, I didn't know him. And so I got to form my own opinions on him just from that interview alone. And I, I, I like the guy. Well, he's very funny. He's super funny in very, that. I mean, which, by the way, if somebody's playing out in playing arenas for – 20 years they're funny you know of course well so. uh, yeah his reputation precedes him i was just prepared for him to sound like bitter all these like rumors that you hear bitter and i don't know what else people would describe him as like there's got to be a reason he's not in films and he was like i'll tell you the reasons i'm not in oh, films well, the reasons that he said which are the, <laughs> we can't say it on this the, podcast. the illuminati let's just put it that the way the illuminati he he turned them down yes they invited him in and he wouldn't do what they wanted which you would think that something like Fox News or that that type of media mm -hmm. would jump all over wanting Cat Williams on their side because they're always against the Hollywood elite. Uh oh, you know, and and whatever the the secret societies of Hollywood have going on, and he's like, I got the receipts. It's true, but I don't. They're know right that. here, my man. I know that's a nice. Yes. That's a nice Cat Williams. <laughs> How's mine? All you have to do is give a little bit of cadence. <laughs> Um, he's always schooling somebody. Yes. He's almost scolding people. Um, he does. Yeah. He has that like head head nod, or you know, almost like he's saying no to them while he's mm. uh, scolding them. It is very much of like I am telling you what's going on right now. Mm -hmm. he, yeah, he's a truth teller, I guess, on stage and on podcasts. Mm -hmm. So uh, well, his truth. His truth. Yeah. Well, I feel like he, yeah. he does stretch the truth, and he tells tall tales, and he got some years wrong, you know. So it's not like he's. But I think the essence of what he's trying to say is he feels like he has conviction and um, uh, integrity in what he's saying, you know, and what he will and won't stand for. So for, for that, I would say I could I would take it with a grain of salt, but I would believe most of what he said. I look, I want to believe what he has to say. Mm -hmm. So there's like it's that juicy my... gossip. He was just it, he would he was not shy about um, being honest about where his contemporaries fell short. And he was responding to what he said were their lies. Contemporaries like Steve Harvey, Cedric the Entertainer, just in case anyone hasn't seen it yet. In fact, you haven't even seen it all the way through. I watched it top to bottom. I, I, you saw clips. I don't know that I, you're the only person I know that has watched it maybe top top to bottom without skipping around a little bit. <laughs> but yes, I've seen a large chunk of the stuff, but mm -hmm. there are some things that's not going to be quite as interesting to me. I watched the entirety of him talking about other comedians, mm -hmm. which is... That's the best part. Yeah, which is definitely what I want. <laughs> and whatever, Hollywood Elite, anytime you brought up somebody that is 
a mega star and what they're doing. So, but here's why it's good that he did it. He's been in the game a long time, so his opinions are developed. If we did it, if we just came and talked trash about comedians we don't like today, we would regret it because we might change our minds, mm -hmm. and also we might get a chance to work with them, and then, oh, we were wrong. So it doesn't count to just talk trash. It counts to no, <laughs> no stand on what you are saying because yeah, of experience. Yeah, I'm not the type to want to go in on other comedians anyway because I kind of view it as a, uh, a family of sorts. Yeah, no, I don't think of it that way. I know you don't, but it doesn't matter. I'm telling you what I think here. No, it and does so, matter. It matters what you think and it matters what I think. Yeah. Well, I'm in terms of what my opinion is, your opinion doesn't matter. Yeah, there are certain things opinion. you don't do. Yeah, well, there's things where I think when you talk about family, you default to protecting them. Mm. I don't think you do that at all costs. Mm -hmm. If they've done something criminal, or something like that, you, you don't go, well, I, I got to protect a comedian. Sometimes they just do something unsavory. You're like, nah. That I would say work. the comedians are a family in that the other family members don't recognize you as family. Like if everybody thought of it that way, like, I don't know, cop code, it'd be one thing. But I think of, um, it's more like do unto others as you would have them do unto you. I don't want to say somebody's unfunny because I know what it would feel like if someone said that about me. Well, the truth is with any comedian ever that has ever lived, they are both unfunny and funny. Right. To somebody. So there are people out there who say they're dreadfully unfunny. <laughs> and there's some people who say they're the greatest of all time. True. And, you know, is Dave Chappelle the greatest of all time? He certainly is to a lot of people. Mm -hmm. um, maybe even to himself. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but there are plenty of people that do not like what Dave Chappelle does. There are people who don't like what he does. And then they love... Somebody that Dave Chappelle doesn't think is funny at all. I just like to cut to Dave Chappelle watching Big Bang Theory and laughing his head off <laughs> and us being like, really? Yeah. That's well, what he likes. You know, sometimes it's surprising to see what people like. Like Jerry Seinfeld, you'll see who he likes when he brought them on to Comedians in Cars. It's like, these are the comedians that I like. And right. The and common denominator there is hard workers. Yeah. People who are everywhere all at once. Yeah, which Steve Harvey was on there. Cat Williams wasn't. So I don't know... If I don't know what Jerry thinks of Cat Williams. I don't know either. Now I want to know. Jerry. Jerry didn't say anything about Cat, but <laughs> Cat did not invoke Jerry yes. Seinfeld's name. <laughs> we don't have time for that. That's right. They only had so much. What's uh, the tape. deal with Kings of Comedy? <laughs> no, he'd be like, I love the Kings of Comedy. Yeah. Where else can you? I don't know. I'm not Jerry Seinfeld. <laughs> <laughs> well, you didn't even start it off at Jerry oh. Seinfeld. You. Uh, you got to go, what's the deal? That's the, the forced Jerry Seinfeld. I know. Well, I was doing you know. his, he, you know, when he's like, I love the Chinese. And then he has a joke about chopsticks. Yeah. But you think he's going to say something racial. And so it makes you freeze up. That's why I was like, I love the kings of comedy. He should have said, I love blacks. <laughs> like the kings of comedy. Okay. That's certainly not a joke I'm going to do. But he loves Steve Harvey. So yeah. you know he loves the kings of comedy. Yeah. You know, he's all about that special. Yeah. Well, like the way that I look at it is... Talented people, you can see when they're talented and when they are very good at their jobs. There are famous comedians that are not good at their jobs. A lot of times those people will end up quitting because stand-up was a path to making money. Mm -hmm. So it was either I, I just did this until I could get into movies or television shows. And then there's people who are like, well, I've been on, I've got a great podcast or I've done, you know, I'm well-known 
a social influencer or I've been on a television show or movies and that's kind of dried up a little bit. Well, I can go get 20 grand for a weekend if I just go sell out these comedy dates, you know. Well, is it not an entertaining show? I think it is. I think it depends. Okay, but it's not, (laughs) well, yeah, you're a purist about it. You want someone to be constantly working that muscle so that it doesn't show. But I think it would only show to you watching. I don't think it would show to the audience. I don't. They're they're enamored with the celebrity that they know. I I think that that's not completely true about comedy. Mm -hmm. I think comedy, like is said in the movie Comedian by Jerry Seinfeld and Colin Quinn when they're doing commentary on the film is like, look, when you're famous, people give you a little bit of leeway to get to the funny. Mm-hmm. But if you're not funny within five or 10 minutes, they go, this guy's not funny. And mm-hmm. so they, whether they're your beloved or not. And so I think there are things that are just events. And so you're not really going to a comedy show. You're just going to an event in which this person is essentially doing a one person comic con for you. Right. Sometimes they'll just answer questions mostly and yeah, like if they stumble upon something funny that'll make it the audience laugh. Yeah. Pro wrestlers do some of that storytelling at clubs and things where it's like this is not truly stand-up comedy. This is Well if you get too busy to do stand-up on the road because people want you in films and it takes weeks to film and then people want to do a junket like you have to promote the film which also takes a good amount of time. Then you have to get back on the road you know, I think you'd give yourself some credit and be like, look, I have an act. I have jokes I want to tell these people. Even if they want to spend the first 15 minutes picking your brain about what it was like to do that film. That's, I mean, that is, could be true of like Eddie Murphy or Kevin James. Kevin James just had a new special that we watched. And you go, they're clearly busy with other things. But they're stand-up comedians. They know how to write jokes. They know how to like perform jokes. They've done specials and albums and their busy schedules come out. I think there's a difference between that of and an actor who has been in things mm-hmm. without saying any names who've been in successful things and they go, well, I'm just going to do stand up comedy or a podcast. Well, like, I am just going to do this. And then they don't know how to do it. I didn't know you were talking about actors. I thought you were referring to Cat Williams is calling Steve Harvey out and saying, well, you just host game shows all the time. You host talk shows. You don't really do stand up the way I do stand up anymore. Well, I can understand Kat's viewpoint on that, mm-hmm. but the truth is to me that if Steve Harvey wanted to get back in the stand-up game mm-hmm. at any point for whatever reason, he could do it probably pretty seamlessly. Mm-hmm. It would not take him a long time to be able to build up in his fresh act and do a special. Like it just wouldn't. It wouldn't take. Okay. That long. Okay. Okay. Which is why I think he maintains his title of "I'm very successful," and Cat wanted to dunk on it a bit just to write write the record or something i believe he said he ran him off (laughs) (laughs) ran him out of stand-up comedy when they did some sort of comedy battle speaking of people who work hard at their career taylor swift has you know been in the news not just for music lately but for being in a relationship with you're gonna have to fill in the blanks here a kansas city chief linebacker i don't know he's not a linebacker he's a tight end he's Travis Kelsey. Okay, with Travis Kelsey. And this, it's its my opinion, and then you told me earlier at breakfast that it's a lot of people's opinion, that the only reason the Kansas City Chiefs are in the Super Bowl is because of that relationship, because of the popularity of Swifties coming to these games and talking about them online. I think that there's all sorts of conspiracy theories. I, at one point, I think even recently heard somebody say that there's some sort of conspiracy theory that 
uh, Taylor Swift is somehow being planted to get Joe Biden elected again in hmm. this whole Kansas City. How thing. does football connect to the election? I don't know about that one. I don't know. If Cat Williams was here, he would tell us. He would. But Let me tell you something about this election. <laughs> you know? <laughs> All I'm doing is picturing Jay Farrow's version of Cat Williams <laughs> when you do yours. And there's that so many there's so many lenses. <laughs> it's Luke you know. doing Jay doing Cat. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, I yeah, I think that football in and NBA playoffs, but the Super Bowl itself is rigged. And the year I felt like it was rigged is when Peyton Manning won and his final game. And it just felt so everybody wanted the other team to win, didn't they? Who he was with the New England Patriots at the time, right? Oh, that's Incredibly wrong. Okay, just like, give me the give me the. It's I mean, he, like Mad Libs here. He fill was, it in. He fill was in with the, blank. the Denver Broncos at the time. He was with the Broncos. But just even to include it, I Tom Brady was with the Patriots for you know close to twenty years <laughs> and was the arch nemesis of Peyton Manning. So just the fact that you said that, it just I've mixed DC and Marvel. It's infuriating. And, okay, well uh, my point is that game, and maybe you can recall this too. Nobody was rooting for the Broncos that year. We wanted the underdog. <laughs> Who was, I believe, uh, Buffalo Bills? I don't know. No. Of- Whoever they were playing that year. And that Peyton won, and it was his last year. These are the details you need to know. It felt very contrived. Similarly with LeBron James's final Cleveland game, was it? I when don't he know won what the playoffs. About, so you're going to have you to do, though. You're the sports nut. All well, right, I, know, I, know, I know of things, but I don't know which okay. ones you're talking about. Well, I've made my point, which is... <laughs> Be, just because it sounds like a good story of these are the most famous players and they're the most seasoned and they should have this championship and if they don't win this championship, everybody will feel robbed. It's more like they just wanted to tell us a story. They meaning the television network that hosted whatever this sport event was, Super Bowl or the NBA playoffs. Is it called playoffs? It's called playoffs. Yes, but you're not giving me enough information here. Mm-hmm. You're, you're like the mom that comes and goes, I like that movie, you know, with the guy and he does the thing. I've given you too much information is the problem. You're giving me wrong information. No. Like, I, didn't, didn't he play for the Patriots versus the Bills in the Super Bowl? Like, not, that's none fine, of that's even possible. But the name is correct. It was Peyton Manning's <laughs> final game when he won the Super Bowl, and he was on a team that people were not rooting for. People were rooting for the other team to I win. I don't think that that's true. So I don't know. Well, that's why I wanted you to reach into your memory of what five years ago or whenever it happened and say. Yeah, I mean, it's close to 10 years ago now. But yeah, what you, you were... always do that. Don't age us. It's not been that long ago. It's that not. was Super Bowl 50, and I think it was like eight years ago or something like that. Okay, something well, eight is ago. not 10. It's not three. It's not five is the number I gave you. <laughs> well, it's closer to 10 than it is to five. All right. I cut you off. So you're saying just because it was so long ago, that's why you can't remember it. And yet you'll just quote Rocky verbatim, which was made, you know, 50 years ago. <laughs> what, what is your connection there? I, I think those who get it, get it. If you know, you know what so I'm talking about. Let's throw out all of the stuff that you just said in terms of like trying to for me to try to get to the heart of it really would be you're saying you think that the NFL is rigged. I think Super Bowl is rigged for the whoever whichever team wins, it's a story that the network wants to tell, that the team owners agree to tell. Somebody's getting paid off to to make this happen. Do you actually believe this? The only way I can <laughs> say it actually could happen is if the refs also get paid off. Now I, who's checking the refs? I mean in some ways, it's like I sat next to you and you started telling me how the earth is flat mm-hmm. and how all of that makes sense to you. Because like the in order for something like that to happen, and people do have their conspiracy theories about sports, and obviously this year that people have their conspiracy theories about 
the Super Bowl even. In fact, there was something, somebody screenshotted, I, I don't know if it was DirecTV or somebody had the Super Bowl listing up, mm. and they already said the San Francisco 49ers versus the Baltimore Ravens mm. for the Super Bowl. Well, clearly that was probably just a placeholder okay. that they put into the 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 um, TV guide mm-hmm. because the Ravens didn't win and it's the Kansas City Chiefs. So that conspiracy theory, well, when conspiracy theories are wrong, yes, like when the, the facts don't line up, those just get ignored. And mm-hmm. they kind of just like, well... Well, it's they not, pivot, I think. Yeah, let's not think about that. Let's think about this other thing. And so uh, when it comes to sports, it's really, really difficult to to actually have these things rigged. Because of all the variables? There's you, players, there's coaches. Yeah, you'd have to have some real conspiracy going on. There was a NBA scandal where a referee had been altering outcomes of games mm-hmm. based on his calls. But the thing is, for those calls to even work, it has. So I remember that guy. He had like a dark chili bowl haircut. Tim Donahue. And so, for that to actually even matter, teams have to be like within a certain closeness. And so, uh, if one team's just way better than the other one and blowing them out, it's like it's referee can start blowing whistles. But it's like you know, <laughs> it won't 50, make a difference. Fifty-five to ten in the Super Bowl. It's like well. I, I couldn't make the other team win mm-hmm, that thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that with sports, like anything, you they have a story to tell. There's a narrative. You want them to be able to uh, sell you on something. Yeah, so reporters seize on that narrative and, you know, media in general who wants to tell the story. Lines. They interview the people who are the heroes of the narrative and yeah, all that. And that is definitely manipulated in yes. terms of what they're focusing on, not focusing on just like, like America's got talent. So I've auditioned a couple of times, you know, and <laughs> part of, part of what the auditioning process is, yes. is you tell them what is a unique story about you. And so, oh. so they want to be able to latch on to, I live, you know, I've been living in a van for the last 12 years, but just have a dream, you know, and I've, you know, I've been battling this disease right. or, you know, I'm making a comeback. They want those kind of things because the heartwarming stories that people can cheer on mm-hmm. gives people an emotional investment. Right. So, so people who are as talented as you, but who have never lived in a van just don't get to, they don't look, they don't get in. They, they get cut editing room floor, right? Live in a van. If you really want this, go live in a van. If Barry wanted lines, he should have lived in a van. <laughs> That's that's the bottom line to all of this. If you want to make it in show business, live in a van. So I was um, walking home and I saw a massage parlor in our neighborhood was offering a year subscription to massages. A year's worth of massages. Can you imagine? That's it's heaven on earth. And I thought, why didn't I ask for that for Christmas? Now, granted, I don't know how much it would have cost. In the thousands, in the hundreds, I don't know. I doubt it would be 60 bucks like <laughs> like a streaming platform would be. Yeah, I do like the idea, though, of you thinking that this subscription is unlimited massages for 60 bucks <laughs> for the Ding year. dong, it's me again. Yeah. <laughs> you were just here. You're supposed to come once a month, ma'am. Yeah, so. But I got this knot in my back. Yeah, and I did look it up. Yes. And it is. I believe one free service. So it could be a massage or a stretch or, Mm -hmm. you know, aromatherapy or something like that (laughs) per month. You Mm -hmm. get one of those and then you get a discount if you want others. I wondered how it made sense for them as a business. Cause otherwise I would be abusing this subscription. I would be in there every day 
getting my money's worth out of it. Even mm-hmm. if I paid, you know, 10 times the amount of one massage, I would go in and get more than 10 massages. Mm-hmm. So they make it so that I can't do that. All right, good to know. And you can, the good thing about this one is if you miss a month, like we're busy or whatever, you can, that accrues. So you could oh, have good. two the next month because you missed one. So <laughs> so what I do is save them all for the end of the year and just get an eight-hour massage. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's like, oh, no, she's here. Yeah. Everybody, we're going to take shifts. All right, so what's your dream subscription if you could – if money's no object and, you know, anything goes, there's no restrictions to devices, Netflix, what yeah. would you choose? And I definitely have to take out my bias against subscriptions because there's been so many subscriptions recently that pop up. Uh, subscription to video games, like the video game box, and it's a bunch yes. of retro games. And Ever then, since Shark Tank, Mark Cuban wants everyone to know subscription's the way to go. Yeah. So every business has changed their platform. And so there's plenty, strategy. Of, plenty of those, ty- I think, uh, there's a dog one that you can get and they send you treats and dog toys and stuff every month. <laughs> yes. And it's too, first of all, it's too much stuff. Like mm-hmm. I don't need a new dog toy every month unless right. my dog is just ripping through dog toys and I need it. And, but the value is never quite there. I always feel like they give you some, like a okay thing. And then some really crappy things they are just trying to unload. Mm-hmm. So kind of like in the Wolf of Wall Street, you give them one good stock and then you get them all these penny junk stocks. Uh, that's kind of what I feel like with the subscriptions. Mm-hmm. And so I, to think about it, it's like I have to think about it in terms of let's get rid of the negative stuff that could possibly happen. And they don't give you junk. Yeah. So I think like a subscription to something like sports related, like a season season tickets to, which they, these do exist, but season tickets to Pacers games or right. something like that. Then you would rearrange your schedule to make to get your the value out of this. Yeah, and if it was a subscription where it's like you can go to one sporting event per month, any one you wanted, and it's a good seat, mm-hmm. and it's you know anywhere in your city or something like that. Oh, okay, so I could go to a football game, I go to a basketball game, I go to a women's game over here, I could do this. That might be worth it. Mm-hmm. I think that's the problem though with any kind of subscriptions is like. I feel like they're they're out to get you. I just had a thought uh, because we have a friend that sees movies um, because he pays for once a year and gets, I forget the frequency he gets. I, I think it's like 30 bucks a month. Okay. So he'll pay monthly and go as many times as he likes. Mm-hmm. Now for me, I because of the price of movies, I only go once a year, maybe twice a year. So, so that would really change. If I knew I was spending money on a subscription, I would, I would, I would go more instead of watching TV at home. And then I started thinking, but I would love to have exercise be less money because then like a gym membership, because then I would be in there more often. And I thought that's not true because walking is free and I don't do it. (laughs) Like I'll do it when I have to get from here to there, Mm -hmm. but I don't just say, why my subscription to walking is zero dollars a month. I can go every day. Yeah. The, the subscription thing, first of all, we have plenty of those. They're called memberships. So like a membership to the gym is essentially a subscription. Go unlimited times as you want, uh, for a certain price per month. The movie thing. I do like the idea of the movie one because it's unlimited. I think I may, or maybe it's, you know, five or six movies a month or whatever it is. But for 30 bucks, that's not too bad. It's a good value, but yeah. do you have the time to go to the movies that often is my I, question. I, I think that's part of where why they sell these things mm-hmm. is they know 
we sell you on, you get to go as many times as you want, but the reality is you're only gonna go maybe once or twice a month. So you're paying now more for the movies right. than you would have if you didn't. And certainly more for concessions. Yeah. I mean, you would just be tempted to get a chicken sandwich and tater tots every time you go. Especially because this is Alamo Draft House, in which you know they serve food to your your assigned seat. Oh. You get you get the popcorn. The Jetsons the have arrived. Sandwiches. You the get future is pizza, now. Drinks. You know all of that. I so. love that. And so different from the movie theaters. The movie theater bonus I remember was a giant pickle. I know I brought it up on the <laughs> podcast before. But it was a dollar, and you could get an enormous pickle, and that was the luxury that our local cinemas offered. Yeah. And then you're all packed in like sardines. The giant was it? Were they they weren't individually wrapped though. It's just a, no. they pulled it out of a big pickle jar. You're right. Which is like the most hillbilly <laughs> movie theater ever. But we were talking about like movie theaters in general. They've gotten so much better now. The fact that you can have a signed seat, it's stadium seating where everything's leveled. So, yeah. you know, there's nobody to, in front of you now. No, it used to be kind of a slope where it's like, you can wear your hair like this. Yeah. If you get your hair up or if you're a tall guy and you sat, you know, the only seats in front of a kid, <laughs> I remember the kids having to be like, Oh, yeah. Oh. And then the mom would have to, excuse me. Could you, my son can't see. Yeah. And it's like, well, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> uh, now it's like, it doesn't matter at all. You can see the screen no matter what. And Alamo Draft House has even taken out the things like people talking, <laughs> cell phone usage. It's like, you can't do that. They like, will quietly escort you out. I remember <laughs> being in a Brooklyn movie theater and a man just lit up, started smoking. <laughs> I was like, what? what is going on here? Yeah. So they, I like the new era of movie theaters for sure. Yeah, that actually reminds me, growing up, there would be just because they just had the flip seats you know, in a big long row and you had to, there was no middle aisle. So you had to come either from the right, come from the left. Mm -hmm. Make sure the seat's not broken. Yes, make sure it's not broken. Walk over people and then you'd get a seat and sometimes it'd have cigarette burns in it. (laughs) And that was only (laughs) old gum marks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gum marks and... So somebody was smoking in those theaters. To, oh, like, yeah. Well, almost. there was a time where everybody was smoking. Yeah. And people like me were the weird ones. No cup holders. This, there was this lady in the theater and she wasn't smoking at yeah. all. What a weirdo. <laughs> um, but yeah, my dream subscription also would include a personal chef. I know that, that, that food box subscriptions are big where people will send you, uh, they cut up the vegetables for you. They still want you to cook it. I need a person to come over and do the cooking. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I would that, love that, that. That would be the extra subscription, which is uh, subscribe to a chef and they come over and cook your food. But again, I have that for free. You do. <laughs> sort of free. You make a you make a good salmon. You make great pasta. You do some things. I throw down too, though. I'm a good cook. I'm you're, a good cook. You're a good cook. You don't do it nearly as much, but yeah, you're a good I'm cook. I'm an infrequent cook. Yes. <laughs> it's much easier to be good when you only do it once a month. <laughs> I'm kind of subs- subscribed to your cooking in that way. Uh, that's right. It's, it's, I get one You're one paying too much. <laughs> yeah. You get one a month. That's cool. Yeah, so, yeah, I mean, I guess in some ways there's a lot of subscription. I do feel like subscriptions have just taken over where not only things that I want to buy, mm-hmm. I'm forced to subscribe to, like apps. There are certain apps where it's like a video editing software or something like that, and it's like, I don't want to subscribe to this thing. Mm-hmm. I just want to buy it so I have it. Ah, uh, like, yeah. No, no, no. It's forty bucks a month. Yeah, they say we don't do that anymore. Yeah, but they're always updating it for you, which is nice. They should be doing that anyway. They should. And so that's the thing, and you know, they're doing that with video games, where it's like subscribe, and everything's digital, and you don't actually get to keep the thing. You can't resell it. So there's a lot of different ways these places are looking to just wring more money out of us. Mm-hmm. 
I would pay a subscription maybe to have a clean subway system as well. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't think everything needs to be privatized, and I do think the government you know, should allocate funds differently so that these social systems in place work better for the societies, as sometimes in other countries you can see it work. So it's like, if they can do it, we should be able to do it. However, mm-hmm. if I have my druthers, uh, I would, that's another luxury I would add into my life to enhance it, is just a subway station that was uh, just clean. That would be nice. Uh, our daughter was asked she was we were getting off the train when i was picking her up from school and she said that's just a dirty station it's always dirty and i go yeah there's a lot of people use it she goes is there a clean one out there somewhere (laughs) i'm like i don't know gotta take her to washington dc or japan (laughs) (laughs) let her live the high life add some sort of uh uh, expedition and voyage that she has to go on she won't want to hunt for the clean subway station out there i know i'm sure there are in new york city but she won't want to go back she won't come back to brooklyn after after she sees japan she already doesn't want to be here i know she wants to be out in the midwest which i get if all you see is filth and grime and you don't necessarily have a dream here we should expose her to the nicer parts of the city then (laughs) if (laughs) i don't have a subscription to the nicer parts i know if only Thanks for joining us today. If you had a great time, let us know on social. Follow Kid Is In School on Twitter and The Kid Is In School on Instagram. Subscribe so you don't miss our next episode. Be sure to throw us one of those five-star ratings and share with your friends. Oh, and do it quickly before the kid gets home.